Good evening, and happy Lord's Day. I apologize if any of you are thrown off by the baby face. I shaved my beard a couple days ago. So um, this, I, a few people at evening mass last night, I took my mask off the the altar. I see a few people in the front kind of go, who's this? <laughs> I do have a twin brother, uh, but he is not a priest, and I would never uh, try to have him impersonate me doing mass. Um, so anyway, uh, it's good to be with you all this evening. Um, with the readings tonight, I'm kind of going to use this as a bit of a follow-up to what Dr. Petrie talked to our students about this weekend, um, namely the, the kind of the theme from the first reading, which is to reap the fruits of consolation while they're there, or this, this theme from the reading of seek the Lord while he may be found. Um, what often happens is we go through these phases in the spiritual life of spiritual consolation and spiritual desolation. Uh, consolation being times of like fruitfulness in prayer. God seems close. Uh, we feel like we're hearing him more. Um, prayer is desirable. It's something that we maybe want to do more of. It seems sweet. Um, and then we also go through periods of dryness, these periods of desolation where God seems kind of far. Uh, maybe we can't hear him as, as much as we used to. Um, and, and so, like, what do we do with all these, these periods? How do we go through this natural cycle of consolation and desolation? Um, and so the point of, of seeking the Lord while he may be found is to reap the fruits of consolation while they're available. Um, and St. Ignatius of Loyola tells us this in his Rules for Discernment. He says, when you're in consolation, uh, prepare for times of desolation. So that way you, you have something to go off of when you're in desolation to help you remember what God was doing when you were in consolation. And vice versa, when we're in desolation, uh, to prepare to hopefully one day again be in consolation. Um, so how do we do that? Um, and so I think back to uh, the story of Joseph in Egypt from the book of Genesis. All right, if you're not familiar, I'll kind of refresh your memory on that one. Joseph is sold by his brothers in slavery in Egypt. Um, and so what happens is he gets there, he works in the, uh, the captain of the guard's house. Um, Pharaoh has a terrible dream that's been bothering him for several nights, and they send for Joseph, who has the ability to interpret dreams. And so he, he hears Pharaoh's dream, he interprets it, he says there's going to be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. And so Pharaoh says, well, what do we do? Uh, so Joseph says, during the seven years of plenty, you take a portion of the harvest and you put it in storage, so that way, during the time of, of famine, you have something in the store to, go, to, to, to live off of, to feed the whole nation uh, during the seven years of famine. It's the same thing with consolation and desolation. When we're in consolation, what we really need to do is to kind of take account of the blessings that we're receiving um, and maybe journal them. Uh, and that way, we actually have something when we're in desolation to look back on and to say, okay, I see where God was moving in my life. Um, and not just to maybe just kind of take everything in one moment and, and just soak it up and then never actually um, store it. Storing it in a journal is extremely helpful because then we can go back and have some kind of concrete record of how God was moving in our prayer life. Um, so that way when, when it gets dry, when we feel like he might not be saying anything to us, we can kind of go back and say, aha, I remember what he was doing. If we're tempted to think maybe he doesn't exist, like, okay, he, where did he go? He seems like he backed off. Maybe I was making everything up in consolation. Um, no, we have that there, and he does that for a reason. He puts us in these, these periods of, of dryness, of desolation for a reason. Um, it's because he's trying to make us grow. If he doesn't put us through these periods, we can't grow. Uh, we can't get stronger spiritually. Um, and, and I like to use this example, and, and maybe I've used it in a previous homily, of God as being like a spotter when you're working out. Right? When you're working out, you're doing bench presses. Uh, a good spotter will let you do as many reps as you can on your own, until they know that you can't go anymore. You're on that last set, and you feel like you can't go anymore, and then the spotter comes in and helps you to put that last rep up and then put it back on the bench. 
God does the same thing with us. So in times of dryness, he's kind of letting us, you know, on our own to let us grow, to kind of stretch us. Uh, and then he knows when we can't take it anymore. He knows exactly where he has to come in at what time to come and say, okay, let's put you back into some consolation. Let me let you know of my presence again now that you've grown to where I need you to grow. All right? So think of it this way also, um, and this kind of ties in the gospel reading. Um, people enter the spiritual life at different phases. All right? Look at what's happening in the gospel reading today. You have people who are all working for the same wage, the same reward. All right? So if God's the landowner and that reward is eternal life, then people come in at different times. All right? You have some people who are younger when they get into the spiritual life. You have some people who are almost on their deathbed or, or, or in the process of dying that come to some kind of faith. All right? And the reward is the same. Do we get angry at people who are on their deathbed and convert? No, we don't. The whole point here is what Jesus is trying to tell us is that we can't really focus on what other people are doing with their spiritual lives. All right? We do have the sense of church, this, this, this communal aspect of being a Christian. But at the same time, when it comes to our own personal life, we have to really focus on the Lord himself and not anybody else. All right? So seek the Lord while he may be found. Um, and one of the ways we do that, one of the ways we kind of prepare for desolation when we're in consolation, um, is this word that uh, a friend of mine gave me the other day. It's called habituation. Right? And the way she described habituation from a psychology standpoint is practicing something after you've already learned it uh, or if you've already mastered it. So I think of musicians. Most musicians, they, they have like a, 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 you know, a couple different repertoire pieces, you know, or like, just like with Ivy, you know, with what he does with his music. Um, he, he practices, he plays the same songs over and over again to practice them, even when he's already learned them. And that's because, Lord knows if, 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 I know Father Mitch does this with Connor a lot, puts you on the spot and says, hey, play a song. Play some music while, while we're doing this, this thing prayerfully. And, and he did that to me one time, and I was like, I don't play piano. I was like, so, um, but that's the point here, is that I didn't have that. I didn't have that sense of habituation to be able just to sit there, and when I needed to play something, when I was asked to do it, I couldn't really do it that well. I had to think back to what I did back in, in my first year of music school and play the same little uh, like six-chord progression and, and just kind of keep going and looping that, and like, that's about it. You know? Whereas Ivy, who's Matt, who has a sense of habituation with his music, is able to, almost at the drop of a hat, you tell him to play something, he'll play some kind of song. He'll have something he's able to go to because he's already mastered it, but he keeps playing it over and over and over again. All right? That's the sense of habituation. And we need to do that in the spiritual life as well. So we're, we're in consolation. We're practicing our, our, whatever our spiritual practices are, if it's praying the rosary, if it's praying the scripture. Because when we get to desolation, we don't feel like praying. We don't feel like doing the things that we were once doing. They don't have the same gratification that they used to anymore. But we still need to do them, and this is one of the big rules with Ignatius, is when you're in desolation, don't make any changes. Because God's trying to help you to grow through the same thing you've been doing. If you're doing bench presses, you don't stop doing the bench press just because you can't go anymore. You, you keep going until you really until the spotter helps you. You don't just stop bench pressing when you hit five reps. All right? Next time you have to go to six. Next time you have to go to seven. You keep building. It's the same thing with the spiritual life. That you don't just stop praying the rosary. You don't just stop praying with scripture. That you keep doing it and maybe even do more of it. All right? That sense of habituation. And so, again, when we're in consolation, we have to really like, make these things not just practices but habits. So when we're in desolation, it, it kind of becomes second nature, just like with the music. All right? And so part of the, one of the things behind habituation is humility. 
the humility to keep practicing, knowing that at some point uh, we might have to be called up to do something right on the spot. And to, to have the humility to say, I've been practicing this. Even though I knew I mastered it, I've learned this already, so I don't forget it, I keep practicing. That's what that humility looks like. And then we also hear in, in the psalm, you know, Psalm 145, the Lord is near to those who call upon him. Um, just to maybe give a little bit more sense of what desolation is, it's like being in the dark. Um, it's like you can't see God or you can't hear God, but just because you can't see him or you can't hear him doesn't mean he's not there. All right, that's the important thing we have to remember, is that sometimes he kind of hides his presence. You know? Or just like if we turned off all the lights in this church right now and I turned off the microphone, I would still be standing right here. I'm not going to go anywhere, but you might not be able to see me, you might not be able to hear me. It's the same thing with God there. All right, just because there's darkness, just because there's dryness, maybe the sense of spiritual deafness doesn't mean he's not there. All right, he's always there to catch us as soon as we need him to. And then also to remember, when it comes to people like in the gospel, some people do come to the Lord later in life. Some people maybe start the spiritual life later than us, and they get farther than we do. All right? It's easy in that point to be tempted and, and to be envious of what they have to say, well, this person who just started the spiritual life, like, it seems like they have everything they need. It seems like everything's going so well for them. I've been praying for decades, and yet I feel like I don't have that right now. All right? But think of it also, that when someone's just starting the spiritual life, the Lord wants it to be attractive. He wants it to be fruitful so that they fall in love with it. All right? And then eventually, they're going to go through the same cycle as we do. The shoe's always going to be on the other foot at some times. When we're in consolation, someone's in desolation. And then guess what? When they're in, 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 in consolation, we're going to be the ones in desolation. All right? it, it, it cycles that way. And so it's tempting when we're the ones in desolation to look at somebody else who always seems to be in consolation because the grass always looks greener on the other side and to say, why am I always in desolation and they're always in consolation? Again, we have to kind of shift our focus back on the Lord and ask him, what are you trying to get me to get out of the sense of desolation? What, what, what am I trying to grow in here? You know, but the thing is to keep going with what we're doing, because that often gives us the answer. If we keep doing practices that work well for a time, and then we just feel like there's nothing coming out of it, keep doing those practices, because that's the answer right there. That's the practice that the Lord wants you to keep working on. Because if he's not going to tell you anything else, it's like, if he doesn't tell you to change something, then don't change it. That's kind of what that philosophy is. All right? So again, consolation and desolation, it, it's, it's something that we have to be cognizant of because oftentimes it'll throw us for a loop if we're not ready. And the, the, the timing of it is also different. Sometimes we go through consolation for long periods of time, sometimes it's short. Same thing with desolation. Sometimes you feel like you're on a roller coaster because like one day you're in consolation, the next day you're in desolation. All right? But we have to remember to seek the Lord while he can be found. That while we're in this sense of consolation, that we're able to really reap those fruits so that when we're in desolation, we come back to it. We see where the Lord's moving. And we don't forget what he's done for us. That's the big thing here is gratitude, uh, is, is to, to thank God for everything he's done for us. It's easy in desolation to want to curse God. Uh, but we have to use that sense of consolation to say, Lord, thank you for what you've given me before. Thank you for this period of growth. Help me to grow further. All right? And we, can't, we absolutely cannot stop praying. We have to show up. If you want consolation, if you want spiritual consolation, in your prayer life, the first thing you have to do is show up to prayer. If you stop praying, that doesn't work that way. Because think of what love is. You can be with someone in the same room and spend time with them. And that's how you, you really get to the, the most intimate level of love. It's just by spending time with somebody. Right? You don't have to say anything. But if you love someone, you want to spend time with them. It's the same thing with prayer life. If we're in desolation, you still have to show up to spend time with the Lord because we, we're supposed to love them. 
just as much as he loves us. So again, seek the Lord while he may be found. So that way when, we're, when we can't feel him, we don't get lost and we can keep going.